So what kind of masks are you guys wearing? I hope it's not surgical. I hope it's not the disgusting blue pull it out of the box like it's a Kleenex, put it on your face, hospital, surgical mask. Because that's fucking lame. That's lame and it kind of signifies you think that this whole situation is temporary. And uh, it's not. It's here to stay. So, really, if you're wearing a blue, shitty surgical mask, really, you're just demonstrating your lack of imagination, personality, and ability to accessorize. This is an opportunity to accessorize, bitch. So what kind of mask are you wearing? What kind of mask would you like to wear? It's all kind of new, so options are limited, especially if you're looking for, for a quality accessory to your wardrobe. Mm. Really, I, I just like a bandana. I respect the bandana. Just, you know, a reddish or bluish paisley print tied around your neck, pull it up over your face when you go in the store, pull it down when you're out of the store. It's kind of a, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got the mask up. Just relax. I'm covering my face. So far, I haven't seen anyone be shamed for the uh, quality of the mask the uh or maybe the uh effectiveness the efficaciousness of the mask um whether your face covering is actually doing any good or not it's just wear it or not wear it we're gonna shame you on that basis not like well yeah i guess you're covering your face but really that thing you have in your face is completely ineffective you should probably, you know, get something with whatever rating to it. I haven't seen anybody really get shamed for that yet. Mostly because half the country's not wearing anything at all. So it's hard to shame the people who just do the bare minimum. So what kind of mask? This is this we're going to be here for a while. Um, till some sort of vaccine comes. So we got to start getting serious about how is it going to blend in with the rest of our wardrobe? Like if you're going to take the time to put a whole ensemble together and then you just throw on some shitty blue surgical mask, you just kind of ruined it, ruined everything. So I like a bandana. Bandana kind of says, like, you motherfuckers are sissy lalas, but, I mean, I got to get something out of this liquor store, and they won't let me in without covering my face, so I'll do the bare minimum. Whatever you do, please don't treat your mask like it's an ironic t-shirt. I'd rather see a blue surgical mask than someone with... A fucking cutesy slogan 
over their face like like you just put a bumper sticker on your face. Don't put a bumper sticker on your face. One of the, uh, I don't remember whose joke it was, so I'm going to paraphrase it. But it's basically, bumper stickers are great because you know you're never going to hang out with that person. Once you read that thing on their car, you're like, yeah, we're never going to hang out. I forget whose joke that was. It was not mine. It was one of those jokes I really liked and, you know, wish I could steal it. Um, That's what I think whenever I see someone with a fucking dumb thing on their T-shirt. Nothing should be written on your shirt. You should not have words on your shirt. Definitely not a logo. Stop advertising other people's shit for them. They should pay you to wear the Nike shirt. And also, no dumb phrases or quotes. It's lame. Let's not bring that tradition to the face mask. Let's not white girl it up with some dumb slogan appropriated from gay black men. Like, you know, everything else in white girl culture has been. They just stole it from fabulous gay black men with more originality. No cute phrases involving yoga or rosé, or brunch. Just have like a nice pattern. You know, a nice pattern, maybe a little tasteful beadwork. Maybe a little fringe. Yeah, a little fringe. I'm not a fan of pastels. Seems like a lot of girls, white girls, love like disgusting pastel colors. But, you know, that's better than a blue face mask. And it's certainly better then fucking hashtag the future is female. Men, bandana, or neck gaiter is also an option. I'm looking at some bandanas with uh, like Viking runes on them. You know, kind of small, not too obvious. That's the key is uh, I see a lot of men, if, the, if they're full-on down with the mask. It's some absurdly aggressive making up for my tiny dick energy with the mask. Like, a lot of dudes have these full-on... You look like Bane with these fucking masks. You Like, nine little filter slots in them, and they cover pretty much everything except your eyes. It's like a goddamn, like, ski mask. It's too much. It's way too, like Velcro. They got to like put seven Velcro straps around their skull to get this goddamn thing out. Like that is too much. No Bane. No skulls for fuck's sake. If you're not in like a methed out biker gang and your mask is a bloody anatomically correct skull, you are a poser. You're just going to Trader Joe's. No superheroes. Enough with your fucking superheroes. Dress like a grown-up. Captain America is a roided-up bitch who hides behind a shield. Yeah, I like... Look, I liked Iron Man. It was a fun movie. Robert Downey Jr.'s great. I like Jon Favreau. But I'm not going to wear... 
red and gold Iron Man face mask because I'm not 12. I wonder if they make like a uh, like a Don Draper mask. What would Don Draper wear? <laughs> what kind of pandemic garment, face garment, would uh, Don Draper wear? It's a good question. I'll think about it. Maybe I'll come up with it by the end of this. So men, bandana, neck gaiter, put a little personality into it. No, ugh, I've seen so many masks with like fucking samurai demon face masks on. Like, where are you going to wear that at? Where are you going? Wait, you're going, you're going to go to the office? You're going, you guys are going back to the office two days a week now. You know, you got you can only have three people in the office at a time. So you're Tuesday, Friday, and you're going to show up and you're fucking business casual with some 13th century Japanese samurai demon mask on. <laughs> no. Where are you wearing that shit? Now, this is just for out and about on the streets. I mean, if you are throwing fireworks at uh, federal police in Portland, you might want something a little a little stronger. That's when the Bane mask comes comes handy. When you have ten filters studded all throughout your face, I mean, you're going to need that not so much for Corona, but for the fucking tear gas. That's when you might need that. Also, uh, if and when federal agents come to your city, this is kind of what the Second Amendment is for. Like, that's why it's in there. I haven't heard any, uh, any gun control shit lately, like a few years ago with all the mass shootings and, you know... A lot of the country just wanted to ban guns outright, uh, which is a, you know, it's an understandable response to mass murder. But now we're finding out exactly what the Second Amendment is in the Bill of Rights for. It's not for some kind of like Rush Limbaugh indulging in your home invasion fantasies like masked men are gonna kick down your door and hold your family hostage while they you know rob you of your uh money that you've withheld from your federal taxes that's not what the second amendment is for it's also not for fending off a mob of protesters as they march past your palatial, stunning estate on the way to the mayor's house on your private road. That's not really what the Second Amendment is for. Those may be valid reasons to own a gun. That's not really why it's in the Second Amendment, though. You know, home invasions do happen, not with the frequency that... Uh, some of the right wing media would uh, have us believe, but they do happen. They had, uh, they just had one a couple months ago with uh, 
Sebastian Maniscalco's cousin. Um, two guys. I think I think he lives in. I think he's from Chicago. I think they live around Chicago. Two guys, you know, like broke into his house, and uh, yeah, the guns were handy. He uh, killed one of the guys, shot the other one. Police picket. Yeah, that was like that's scary, but that's rare. And that's not why, that may be a valid, valid reason to own a gun, to protect your property, but that is not why it is in the Bill of Rights, no matter what the NRA would have you believe. It's also not for protecting your freeze-dried astronaut food from roving bands of homeless people when uh, social order finally breaks down, which may be soon. Maybe soon. That is a good reason to have a gun, but that's not why it's in the Bill of Rights. The reason the right to bear arms is in the Bill of Rights is to protect your other nine rights from the government. Also, setting fire to a federal courthouse is not a right either. So I'm not saying automatically bring your newly purchased mint condition AR-15 to the protests when federal cops do show up to your city. Mm, Not yet, anyway. (laughs) Because setting fire to federal buildings is not a right. You don't get to just do that. I mean, I'm not, I don't have a personal stake in a federal building. I'm not uh, angered when someone does want to burn a federal building down. I could really give two shits. I like setting shit on fire also. It is a lot of fun. But I'm not going to be outraged if federal police... Shoot me with rubber bullets when I try to burn a building down. Here's here's how the government fucked up. Sending federal federal sending U.S. marshals and uh, I think it's Bortac sending the border patrol border patrol tactical sending them in to protect the federal buildings. Why? It's a building. Who cares? Let them burn it down. You build another one. It's like... And then the the counter argument is... Counter to the protesters is... Well, the federal government has a right to protect its buildings. But the federal government doesn't own the buildings. The taxpayer owns the buildings. We paid for the buildings. So if we want to burn them down... We can burn them down. You just take more of our tax dollars and rebuild the federal courthouse or whatever. And then we as taxpayers can fight amongst ourselves over like, why did you burn that down? Now my tax dollars have to go to build another one and I didn't want you to burn it down. And then the people who burned it down said, well, that's my tax money too. Fuck you, I'll burn it down if I want. That's the argument that should be happening. Not between the federal government what do they care about a dumb building? It's just a building. 
burn it down, build another one. Also, here's what you can really do. Just let protesters burn down all the federal buildings. And then afterwards, because, you know, we've got surveillance and cameras everywhere, you identify the people who, tur- who burned down the building, and then you just send them the bill. Don't send your federal cops out six blocks away from the building they're supposed to be protecting and loading people up into rental vans to question them. Let them burn down the building. They go home. They're they're having a great time. They think they did something righteous. And then like 10 days later in the mail, they get a bill for $27 million. And maybe, you know, to soften the blow, you can split up the bill between, let's say there were 16 clearly identified protesters who were responsible for setting the build on fire. You can spread out the total cost of rebuilding the building, um, rebuilding the building among them. So they each, you know, they're each responsible for one or two million dollars. Just send them a bill in the mail. See how enthusiastic they are about burning down other buildings. Hey, and in the letter, you can put this. Hey, you 16 people were on camera, and you can list them by name, setting fire and setting fire to and decapitating this statue of Cervantes, you know, the former slave turned literary giant. You know, he's basically the inventor of the novel, arguably, invented the novel, coined the phrase, Tilting at windmills, ironically, which kind of seems what these protests are for. They're supposed to be, you know, to protest, I don't know, like police brutality among black communities. And, you know, it's all stemmed from George Floyd. And now these, I don't know, white people have taken over the protests. And now they're about, I don't know what they're about. now. Are they still about that? I mean, I see the Black Lives Matter signs, but... I, I don't know what that has to do with burning down a federal courthouse. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I, I don't know what the protest is quite about now. Is it still about George Floyd or something else? Or are we tilting at windmills now? So Cervantes, let's cut off the head of the statue of Cervantes because I don't know, he was a white supremacist somehow. Oh, sorry. I'm in the letter. I'm still in the... This is the language of the letter. We understand that our education system has failed you, and that's our bad. Has failed you millennials, and you guys have no concept of irony, clearly, because you just burn the statue of Cervantes to the ground. But over here at the Fed, we're still having a great laugh about it. Anyway... We're having a great laugh over you guys decapitating Cervantes in the name of racial justice. You know, we find it hilarious. Anyway, we we know you guys don't understand irony. That's our fault for not teaching it to you. Regardless, here's a bill for $2.5 million. And if you could get that to us as soon as possible, that would be great. That'd be really great. Legally, I mean, 
We could have shot you. Maybe. Definitely could have given you some prison time, but I mean, we've kind of we've kind of learned through this whole thing that that would probably just incite more violence. And there's this whole plague thing going on right now and we don't want to turn you idiots into martyrs by giving you long prison sentences or god forbid we kill you and suddenly now the protest becomes about you and it's really supposed to be about George Floyd. What's that? Oh, you don't you don't have 2.5 million dollars to pay for a new courthouse. That's okay. I mean, it's understandable. You you majored in intersectional gender studies. You don't have any marketable skills like who paid who paid for that degree by the way? Oh, mommy and daddy. Mommy and daddy paid for that. Well, maybe you can ask them for money this time as well. Oh, they don't they don't know you were at the at the protest. Really? You didn't tell them? Oh, they'd cut you off financially if they found out because they voted for Trump. Oh, well, you've got a week before we start confiscating your possessions and garnishing your wages. So maybe try GoFundMe. Yeah, set up a GoFundMe. Anyway, the bill is due. So don't don't just wear a bandana to that, is what I'm saying. Bandana's not going to do anything for tear gas. Maybe for Corona. You know, you're just really keeping the droplets out of your mouth. People's disgusting, crawling droplets out of your mouth. Here's my question with the mask. Like, so it spread kind of, you know, I guess the virus. Is that what airborne is? It is virus? I should look that up. Airborne just means the droplets are in the air, so... So we want to keep the droplets out of our mouth and nose. We're going to wear the face covering. What if it gets in our eyes? Like if it's just kind of like a, a misty, misty, humid droplet cloud we're all walking through. I mean, that gets in our eyes. Is it going to be like 28 days later when they, uh, the little girl's dad got a drop of blood in his eye and he like turned in two minutes? Is this what's... Do we need, why don't we have to cover... Our, I got to ask somebody that. Why don't we have to cover our, our eyes if the mask is so important? Hmm. Science. Anyway, I, I also don't wear a surgical mask because they're all made in China. all made in China from slave labor by Uyghur ethnic minorities in forced labor camps. Like, so don't wear the surgical mask. Unless you don't give a shit about Uyghurs. I mean, what kind of, what kind of fucking monster are you? You don't care about the Uyghurs. Uh, Also, stop blaming Stop blaming these trying times for your own incompetence. This is another subject that's happened to me this week. My water heater went out. And uh, not a huge deal. It's 100 degrees outside. I I can take a cool shower until the water's not even really cold. 
but you know, after a while, you you want to wash your dishes and shit in hot water. Um, so you know, I talked to my apartment manager, I get her on the email, and I'm like, hey, the uh, it's not a huge rush, but you know, if you can have somebody come out and fix the water here, that'd be great. And then two weeks later, through lots of her dropping emails and messing up the shit with the contractors. I'm my girlfriend and I still don't have hot water and it's starting to become annoying. Not cause we need the hot water, but it's nice to have also I'm paying for it in my rent. And, uh, so finally, you know, I finally get the hot water fixed and then she sends an email thanking me for my patience and understanding during these trying times. <laughs> I'm like, no, bitch. This is your incompetence. It's not, don't blame COVID because you, you lose emails. There's a lot of people out of work who would love to have your cushy work from home bullshit apartment manager gig. All you do, you call plumbers, electricians, whoever, and you schedule times for them to cut. Actually, she didn't even do that. She gave me the number of the contractor for me to set up the time. But everything he does has to be authorized by her because he has to make sure he's actually going to get paid for it. And she couldn't even handle that. There's lots of people who are out of work who would love that bullshit job. I'm not going to give you a pass because of a dumb virus. You're trying to balance your teleworking at home while schooling your kids? I don't care. You wanted it all. You wanted it all. You wanted a career and a family, and now you've got it, and you're failing both of them. You're living the American dream, and you're failing. Shakespeare wrote some of the most amazing and poignant dramatic literature throughout multiple waves of bubonic plague. The plague was raging in Shakespeare's time. There was, there was a good stretch of years where theaters were open maybe three months out of the year because of bubonic plague. He didn't have Zoom rehearsals. They didn't have read-throughs over Skype. He managed a career and a family and multiple extramarital affairs during the Black Death. You've got electricity and you've got hot water, which I don't, and you got DoorDash, you got Amazon Prime, and you're losing emails and sending the wrong attachments while your kids are running around with scissors and failing algebra. Get your shit together. But I've got hot water and I actually had a hot shower today. It was kind of nice. Like, I realized like, I don't need hot showers. Definitely in the summer. I've been doing a little cold shower thing anyway because I can't go to the sauna. Get my little temperature stress in. Um, so what I used to do is I would like start with hot water and then the end shut it off. And then you just stick it out for a couple minutes until you get nice and shivery. Now I don't need the hot water. But I did have one this morning. It was great. Hot water is nice. It's really nice. Also, some of the uh, local comedians in D.C. have been bitching that they're not able to get on any of the live comedy shows during the pandemic, of which there's like aren't really live shows. What they are is they like do them in a backyard. Somebody's, someone just sets up some little comedy show in someone's backyard. 
and suddenly <laughs> all these local amateur comedians are complaining that they're not getting stage time on those shows. <laughs> Uh, and the bet the best thing was someone was complaining this is all on social media because I have nothing else to do like the rest of you and I'm just uh, cyber stalking everybody I follow the best thing was someone's like how am I supposed to make any money doing comedy I don't want to do temp work for the rest of my life <laughs> during the pandemic how am I supposed to make money as if it's like they're right to make money. They were, they weren't making money before COVID. One because they're not really funny. Two because this is not the town for that. No one makes a living doing comedy in DC. There's two places you can do that, and even then, it's real hard. You go to New York, you go to LA, and most of the comedians there are not making a living doing comedy. I love the sense of entitlement that somehow it's it's your right to get paid to do what you love. Learn to code, bitch. Learn to code. If you're you're going to get on your little high horse and tell a coal miner to learn to code, at least they're doing something. People actually use coal still. I mean, it's not great. It's not great for the environment, but we're still using it, and they go down to the ground and get it. If you're going to tell them to learn to code, you need to learn to code, bitch. Where is it written that you don't have to dig a ditch for a living? No one, no one has the right to not have to dig a ditch for a living. If you're not digging a ditch for a living, that's pretty good. Actually, digging a ditch isn't really that bad. I, I dug a few in the army. It's it's kind of a, I kind of wish I could get paid to dig a ditch because it's kind of an easy gig. You just dig the hole and uh, nobody really fucks with you. Nobody really comes over and they're like, oh, oh hey, we got a meeting at three o'clock and you know, we got to talk about digging this ditch, you know, so we have to waste two hours of your life and we have to like take you away from actually digging the ditch so we can all have input on how you actually dig the ditch and then we're going to complain that you haven't dug the ditch already even though we just wasted half your day in a meeting. Like nobody does that when you dig a ditch. It's like we need a ditch, needs to be this long, this wide, this steep, get to it and then they leave you alone. And they might come over in a while if they think you're going a little too slow, because normally you are, because you're just fucking around. But digging a ditch actually isn't that bad. It's pretty. It's a pretty low-stress job. But most people do not have to dig a ditch for a living, mostly because we have machines that do it, or failing that, uh, poorly paid illegal immigrants. So it's actually a hard gig to get digging a ditch, but you get my point. Nowhere is it written that you don't have to actually do a shitty job for a living. That's what you do. You do what you love. You don't expect to get paid for it. If you do, that's great. And if you do 
have something you love with most of you don't i don't think most especially most of these comedians i was doing comedy with they don't love they don't love comedy they just ended up doing it because no other place would have them it's kind of like theater kids or improv it's the same thing this is just your little social group and you all kind of congregate around this activity, but most of you aren't really into doing the thing. You're into being in the scene. And no one's going to pay you to hang out in a scene. Every art form has it. Everyone I've tried at least. Theater has it. Writing has it. There's lots of hangers-on who talk about being writers, but no, they don't actually fucking write anything because the people who are writing shit are at home writing shit they're not hanging out talking about being writers I know that like you know you think it's you think somehow it's written down in a book somewhere that that you you get to live your dream but I mean Get with the times. The written word is like racist now, right? Like the written word and hard work are, and the concept of hard work are racist, like according to the Smithsonian. So, I mean, I know that's my fault. Like it, it shouldn't be written down because words are racist. I mean, but I'm trying to be better. I'm kind of an outdated relic at 44 years old, but I'm trying to be better. So, uh, yeah, I guess you guys should get paid. You guys should get paid. Who's going to pay you? Who's going to give you this stage time? Look, if you want to do a live show, just put on the show. And most of these live shows really like they do one or two and they realize like, oh, we can't keep like this social distance thing viable because people are starved for entertainment. So most of these live shows are like just end up getting packed. Like they start, well, we're only going to have, we have limited seats and we're going to socially distance everybody and it's going to be outside. Everybody has a mask and then like hordes of people show up because everybody's bored and like, you know, you're like federal troops in Portland trying to keep people out of the courthouse. Like it's hard. It's hard. It's hard when you got a thousand people trying to kick down your door. So I haven't seen really many of these shows continue past one or two shows because it, I think it just gets a little too crazy and they're like, you know what? This is not a great idea. <laughs> uh, comedians are funny. They see a stage. I'm guilty of it too. I see, I see a show and immediately I, I'm like, why am I not on that show? Usually the answer is because, well, I don't know those people. Um, while they were putting on the show, you know, they weren't thinking to, and all the things you have to do to put on a show, they weren't thinking, oh, we should, we should email Patrick and ask him if he wants to be on. <laughs> that's because it didn't occur to them. That's why I'm not on the show. Uh, speaking of things you don't deserve, you don't deserve a treat. I think this this is what I forgot to do when I did my fat kid podcast, my fatty boo malady. There's a concept, a real concept that I was guilty of in the past. Um, 
and I, I hear a lot of why people basically are fat, disgusting pieces of shit. It's because you feel like you need a reward or you deserve a reward for doing regular life things. And you don't. You don't deserve a treat. So here's what you do. Like, oh, well, you know, it's like Thursday and it's almost Friday. I've, I've, I've worked really, like, oh, I worked so hard. And like, you didn't work hard. You teleworked from home if you worked. Actually, when you, you, deserve, you deserve a treat, if you're fucking unemployed, you don't know how you're going to pay your rent. You know, it's getting, it's getting to the end of the month. Rent checks are due. A lot of people's unemployment are running out. Like, you deserve a treat. That's a scary place to be. I've been there before. That is an anxiety-ridden, fearful, like, pit, like, sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. If you're breaking out, I broke out in hives once. When I got my first student loan check or student loan bill in 2008 and I did not have a job, I I had hives like I broke out into I'd never really I really haven't had that happen before or since but my skin got hot and itchy and I had these little red bumps going up and down my forearms I didn't really know what anxiety was until uh, I had no job prospects and a $500 a month student loan bill came to me that's when you deserve a treat (laughs) That's when it's like, you know what? Like having my perfect beach body now is on the back burner. Like I've got real shit to deal with. I got to get through the next couple of days, figure out some moves so I can pay my rent. I might need a cookie to calm me down a bitch. Other than that, you don't deserve a treat for doing what? Cause you went on a walk. Like walking is normal life transportation. It's not exercise. Walking is a mild activity. It's not exercise. You haven't done shit. You don't deserve a Frappuccino for walking. For finishing your project at work, you don't deserve a treat for that. You know what your treat is for that? It's a paycheck. That's a paycheck. That's your treat. If you want to meet some sort of weight goals, and a lot of you I've seen have gained a fair amount of weight <laughs> since everything shut down for Corona. Um, yeah, some of you are getting pretty husky, which is the section I used to have to shop in when I was a kid. The husky section, which basically is the fat ass section, but... You don't really sell pants by calling them fat ass pants. So you call them husky size pants. Some of you have gotten pretty fucking husky. Um, I think you've treated yourself enough. It's time to maybe try a little fasting. You know, a little fasting. Little uh, maybe switch to some bubbly club soda. Instead of wine every night, you know, that's a treat. You know, put a little lime in it. It's tasty. A little, uh, little poofy wine. I call it poofy wine. 
little mineral water, a little club soda, just some bubbles. Put a little lime in it. The key, here's what you do. Take some club soda, squeeze half a lime into it, and some salt. Like grind some pink Himalayan salt in that. It's pretty good. It's hydrating. It's tasty. And there's no sugar, no calories, no nothing in there. Instead of a bottle of wine every night. It's time to rain it's t- it's time to pull it back in. It's time to pull it back in. Actually, I just thought of this. Usually people get a little fatter over the winter and then once they feel like summer's coming on, they're like, "Oh shit. If I want to go to the beach, I got I got to start raining." So people kind of rain it in because you know, they were vain. But now they're for most of us or for a lot of us, there is no beach. So there was no reason to rein it in. <laughs> so it's just going to be a year. It's basically going to be a year of the holidays. That's another excuse between, oh, between, oh, it's the holiday. I'm eating a lot of cookies. I'm drinking a lot of booze, but it's the holidays. There are two holidays. There's Thanksgiving. There's Christmas. And by all means, indulge yourself on both of those days. Those days are also about five weeks apart. Indulge yourself on two days with five weeks in between. It's not five weeks of indulging yourself, the holidays. But now we're having a year of the holidays. A full year. Like, I mean... What are you going to do next year? Let's say we have a vaccine by March next year. And then maybe by June, enough people have gotten the vaccine that we can, you know, declare victory, herd immunity, and then all the beaches open up again. Your fucking bikinis are not going to fit. Your little board shorts are not going to fit. I wonder... mm, See, I think uh, yeah, I think the beaches will be packed, just full of fat. I mean, there's fat people at the beach anyway, but fatter people. I don't think uh, most people don't have enough body shame. We like to we like to bitch about how the world body shames us, and it does, but not nearly enough. Not nearly enough. I don't really think we have enough body shame as a country to not go to the beach next year when everybody's 40, still 40 pounds fatter. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. People's, people's desire to... I don't even understand the beach. It's hot. There's, there's melanoma out there. I like the beach between uh, 8 p.m. and 10 a.m. That's the perfect time for the beach. As soon as 10 p.m. or 10 a.m. rolls up, I go back inside. I go back inside. I'm also really like, another change of subject, I'm also really liking the the real division in media we've got now. Not between the right and left, which is kind of what I grew up with. That was my division in media. We had like lefty media and righty media. Now, pretty much all the media is lefty. 
with a few exceptions. But now there's a division in the lefty media. Uh, mostly it's generational. So my, I guess most of the people in charge of the lefty media are kind of my age now. We all kind of grew up in the 90s. Um, and we have those values we grew up with that we really like to defend, like uh, the concept of a meritocracy and uh, like freedom of speech we really like. All those good things. Um, but the younger generation of journalists, that's racist. Freedom of speech is racist and meritocracy is racist. And the problem is like, they're not wrong. They're not really right, but they're not wrong. I mean, freedom of speech can be racist, but my generation is willing to tolerate that in the interest that any racist speech can be countered by reason and logic and shit like that. The younger kids say, no, if it's racist, it's out. Also, reason and logic are racist. These were all created by the white men. And maybe, I mean, maybe they're not wrong. It's also kind of the best thing that humanity has come up with reason, logic, the scientific method. I mean, these are the things that kind of like elevate us. And it just so happens that, what is it? I mean, are they white, Greeks? I mean, it's like Asian Greeks came up with them. I don't know if they're really white. I, I kind of call Greek. I lump them in with the off-whites. There's like the white Europeans and the off-white Europeans. Um, and I make no judgment as to one is superior than the other. I mean, the off-white Greeks did came up with these great concepts. But it's kind of like they're not waspy. Um... I'm also an off-white because, uh, well, I guess I'm not. I used to be Irish, but then 23andMe said I'm really not that Irish. I'm more Scandinavian. But also Scandinavians are not waspy. The waspies are like the British and Dutch are wasps. Um, so I'm kind of an off-white as well, even though I'm mostly Nordic and we're kind of considered to be the whitest of the white. Not quite culturally, though. These are all cultural terms, too. So off-whites would be like Greeks, Italians. Um, I include Arabs, Persians, you know, all the all the people you can lump in, Armenians, all the people you can lump in as Caucasian. But when you say white, that's more of a culture. That's a waspy cultural thing when you say white, um, which I'm not that white. I guess I'm, I'm more of an off-white. <laughs> um, how did I get into this? All right, division of media. So I find it really, really interesting, mostly because it has to do with people like me who are now the editors um, or people of, as old, you know, my age, my generation. They're the editors now. And they just have a fundamental difference in values so really what happened is like all the younger millennial woke kids part of the woke brigade they figured out that the alt-right doesn't really exist <laughs> it was kind of like a huge media scare when trump was getting elected uh, the alt-right 
is mostly just internet trolls like fucking with the woke kids because woke kids are a bunch of church ladies with nose rings and purple hair like for people who look punk rock you're like worse than my grandmother as far as your fucking prudishness no sense of humor no sense of irony i mean and the actual few alt-right like you say like the the dudes who showed up to charlottesville they were like i don't know 200 of them from all over the country it's not like none of them were from charlottesville they came from all over the country and the most they could get was about 200 that's the actual alt-right it's basically a handful of articulate closeted gay dudes backed up by 150 sexual abuse survivors. That's the alt-right. Like, if you've seen any of the interviews with these guys, um, there were a couple documentaries that were pretty good that came out at the time. Like, Richard Spencer is gay, clearly. And the the dumber guy, well, I guess you call them the foot soldiers, the dumber rank and file all right, like, I just felt bad for them. Like, they were clearly, clearly abused as kids. And they just got, they got caught up in this ideology because it spoke to them, whatever. Like, like clear, I just, mostly I just felt bad for all of them. Like, clearly they're idiots and they're assholes. Um... But yeah, you can see, like, these kids weren't, they weren't born this way. They were made this way by whatever circumstances in their growing up. And then at the top, Richard Spencer and a couple of the other guys who are actually, like, the brains behind the operation, like, they're clearly gay. And if they would just admit it, you know, and put a penis in their mouth, they'd probably feel a whole lot better about themselves. Abhorrent as they are, those couple hundred alt-right like yeah, I don't know if you have any humanity you have to feel you know a bit of pity for them that's what I got from that anyway pieces of shit pieces of shit are mostly made not born for the most part but that's really the division of media so the woke kids figured out that the alt-right doesn't really exist it's basically like the war on terror. So they had a war against the alt-right. Turns out that the alt-right was mostly a bunch of, you know, internet trolls who like making fun of them. And the few real alt-right people they could point to weren't really a big threat. So they had to continue on, you know, they had to shift targets. They had to continue on the war against something else. So since there isn't really an alt-right, now we're going to create it. We're going to create the enemy. Because the enemy we thought was there, turns out they rolled over pretty quickly. And I find it fascinating because it's like, as much as I, it's probably my own generational prejudices, but as much as I like concepts like free speech and rational thought, scientific method, um, 
you know, the younger generation is always going to set the tone. So these things may not exist anymore. And I'm not really even sad about it because like I'll be dead and, uh, however the world becomes fucked up because of it, the, the people who killed it will have to live with it. So they're making their bed mostly because they, they never read anything about, uh, the Bolshevik revolution or Maoist China of how, uh, when you start going down this road, eventually you're the one who's going to be guillotined basically. <laughs> like it always seems to end up that way. So I'm going to start the revolution and now the revolution is in full swing and now we've won the revolution, but we got to keep this revolutionary attitude going. So now we're just going to have to find new enemies. Wait, what? What? I'm the enemy now? But no, I started this thing. Wait, what? I'm not, I'm not woke enough for my own woke revolution. Uh, and then, and then you're dead. Then you're dead. That's how it always works. Uh, and I don't know. Has free speech really helped us? <laughs> what have we gotten out of it? I don't know. A lot of argument. We like these ideas. Um, and I'm trying to think, how much do I really like these ideas or just the idea of the idea? Have I just been, you know, because... I've been conditioned by however I was educated and however I was brought up and whatever my parents told me, like how much of these are my own ideas or how much of these have just been programmed into me. But, you know, I'm still not going to give up free speech because then uh, the fuck else I have left and I can't do this podcast. I mean, they already took away the stage time. What the hell else am I going to do? Here's the, here's where I like free speech because it's like, mostly I won't talk. And if I do, if I'm compelled to talk, I want to say what I feel like saying, not what someone else either told me I should say, or I definitely could never be compelled to say something just because I, I wanted other people to know that I agree with them. That's when I might start exercising my Second Amendment rights. <laughs>